0: Good evening and as always I want to just thank you for uh, watching tonight or watching later or listening on a podcast in the days ahead. Uh, it's always a privilege to get to come to you. Uh, I know the hecticness of life and the busyness of life uh, sometimes keeps this from happening. I know one night last week I snuck away and I did the evening devotion when we had company. Uh, The next night, uh, I had uh, one of my daughters uh, just turn high. And so on Friday night, I wasn't able to to get away to do this. And so uh, I take very serious the the, uh, privilege of sharing uh, the Word of God with you. And I truly do thank you for watching. And as we do these, we never know the amount of people that we're going to impact for the gospel how uh, I mean, people were going to help uh, when they hear the word of God. We always pray that there are people saved. We always pray that there are people encouraged and uh, that the Lord really uh, uses it. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but I don't enjoy uh, sitting here looking at the fact that my uh, forehead keeps getting bigger as my hair keeps falling out uh, or uh, or my, my double chins, you know, things like that. But I do pray that uh, the word of God would help you, encourage you, and uh, make a difference in your life. The Last time we were together, we were looking at Philippians 3, and Paul was warning about people coming into the church that did not have the right motives, and coming into the church for uh, different reasons, and he talked about the fact that if anybody could brag about how good they were, then it would have been him, because all that he did But tonight, the Apostle Paul, in our verses, really just simplifies things down to what the truth is. And tonight, most of you are going to hear this section of Scripture, and as I explain it, you're going to think, yep, I've heard that. I've been in church a long time. But tonight, I'm sharing this maybe for that person who is listening for the first time for that wife or husband whose spouse is listening to it and they are sitting in the background and hear it and God can use it. I made the joke last night after church, we were eating pizza and I was setting up church for Wednesday night, Bible study and family night. And I had the kids sweeping with the vacuum, my kids and some other people's kids. And someone walked in and said, well, what's going on in here? And I said something like, joking, well, just working their way to heaven. And, and the person said these words. Now, I've heard enough of your sermons to know that that's not what it takes. And I kind of chuckled at first, but then I thought, praise the Lord, because I have been pastoring now here for over 10 years. And one thing that I always want to be said is that people have heard what it takes to go to heaven. People have heard what it takes to be right with God. And that's what Paul talks about today. And so we'll just go right through it here, starting in verse nine. And be found in him. That means to be in a relationship with God, to be saved, to be on your way to heaven, in him. Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. You see, Paul says, my righteousness and your righteousness, that means the good deeds that we do, the good actions that we commit are not enough. And so if you attend a church that teaches that there are things that you can do, to add to your salvation. There are things that you can do to earn God's love, things that you can do to work your way into heaven. Paul says you can't. Someone might say, well, you've got to be baptized to go to heaven. Someone say you might got to go through confirmation to go to heaven. Someone else said you might have to take the Lord's Supper to go to heaven. Someone else says you might have to attend church this time or that time. Or or someone says you've got to give so much money. But Paul says none of those things earn your salvation. All of those things are good and you should do them. But none of them can add to your salvation. You say, I preach on, preacher. I've heard this my whole life. But there is a lost and dying world around us always. You cannot imagine the times I've sat across from someone who attends church regularly or was raised in church. And I ask them, what does it take to go to heaven? Well, I do pretty good. I try. And I go. What How Why? I'm speechless. But that's what we are taught. And if you were to go on the street and ask random people what it takes to go to heaven, most of them are going to say, I'm trying to be good enough to go. And Paul says, there ain't no good enough about it. It's by faith. Faith, believing that Jesus is who the Bible says he is. That he did what the Bible said that he did and trusting in them. And if you tonight are asking that question, am I truly saved? What does it take? Tonight you have to understand that you're a sinner. And that only comes from God. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And so if you know that you're a sinner tonight, that's a wonderful thing. God did that And then you have to believe that Jesus Christ lived a perfect life, that he died on the cross. He took the punishment of sin for you and I. He was buried, and three days later, he arose from the dead. You have to believe that. I always tell people when I'm talking to them about being saved, do you really believe a dead man came back to life? And if they say, well, maybe not, then there's not a salvation experience. I have to know that he overcame sin and death and the grave. And then I have to ask him to forgive me of my sins and to come into my heart and life as the Lord and savior of my life. And so one, I cannot earn my salvation. Two, I am desperately in need of being saved because I am a sinner. I have to believe that Jesus died upon the cross and then I have to confess him and ask him to forgive me and to be the Lord and savior of my life. And if you've done that tonight, You have been born again. You have been saved from your sins. But what does that look like in my life going forward? I'm glad that you asked. In verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. He says, you and I cannot know the power of God we cannot know the forgiveness of God. We can't know the life-changing power of God if we do not know him as the Lord and Savior of our life. Paul's not teaching here that you need to work your salvation or to earn it or to, to add to it. No, he's saying that a lost person does not understand what God can do in their life. They've never experienced how God can give hope and victory and peace and joy that only comes when you've repented of your sins. Ask Jesus to come into your heart and life and to forgive you. And then after that happens, God can pour his power and his working into your life and to mine. Whether it is the good times, whether it is in the hard times, that you and I may attain from the dead, the resurrection from the dead. That just means that when you leave this world and go to be with God, one of these days when he's coming back and the resurrection happens, that glorified body will be with him and the soul reunite forever and ever. Amen. But the key is this. It's all about the grace of God saving you and me. And so if you're watching this tonight and you've never asked the Lord to forgive you of your sins, come into your heart, send me a message. I'd love to pray with you, talk with you, friends, because Jesus wants you to be saved. So as always, I want to thank you for watching tonight. I pray that the Lord will bless you and that, uh, Lord willing, I'll see you tomorrow night. Ah, can't get it to shut off.